MSW Media. A big thank you to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, December 16th, 2022. Today, the D.C. Bar Disciplinary Board recommends disbarment for Rudy Giuliani. The Department of Justice sues Doug Ducey for his shipping container border wall. Three men that plotted to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer are given lengthy prison terms. The House passes a bill that could pave the way for Puerto Rican statehood. And MAGA World is embarrassed by Trump's major announcement. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hi, hi, hi. It's AG. Thank you for being patient while Dana is out of town. She will be back in your ears Monday on The Beans. Also, this weekend, there will be a Beans bonus episode for patrons and a cleanup on aisle 45 bonus episode for cleanup on aisle 45 patrons. Looking forward to that. And also, don't forget, Sunday, new episode of the podcast Jack, all about the special counsel. Please, please subscribe if you haven't already. Of course, Andy McCabe and I host the podcast and our guests this week are going to be Andrew Weissman, former Mueller prosecutor, and uh, former general counsel for Department of Defense, Ryan Goodman, both from Just Security. They are two of the authors of that model prosecution memo for the documents case that we covered in a previous episode of Daily Beans. So it's going to be a really great episode. It's called Jack. It comes out every Sunday. It is the one place you can get all of your special counsel news. And that's all it is, is special counsel news. So very excited about that episode. And now we have a time for the final public hearing of the 1-6 committee. We knew it was going to be Monday. This is the hearing where they'll vote on criminal referrals, and then they'll also do the official vote to put out the report, which comes out two days later on Wednesday. The time for that public hearing will be 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll be live tweeting it from at Mueller, she wrote. So look for that as well. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. This is from Josh Gerstein and Kyle Cheney at Politico. A bar discipline committee in D.C. has concluded that Rudy violated at least one professional rule in his efforts to help the former guy challenge the results of the 2020 election. That's from a preliminary finding that could result in the suspension or loss of his law license and possible disbarment as well. This is a three member disciplinary committee. I listened to some of these hearings. They were very difficult to get through, but I listened to them nonetheless. And uh, basically, this three-member disciplinary committee agreed that Rudy's handling of litigation in Pennsylvania crossed ethical lines. Their finding came after a week of testimony by Rudy, who said Trump waived attorney-client privilege to permit him to testify. And some of his allies, including advisors Bernie Carrick, Christina Bob, and Corey Lewandowski. Now, Rudy has testified on several occasions that he believes there was a conspiracy. That is a quote from D.C. Bar Counsel Phil Fox who investigated and argued the case for Giuliani's punishment. And he went on to say, yeah, there was a conspiracy. And he was the head of it. Talking about Rudy. Fox's case relied on Giuliani's rushed effort to file lawsuits to throw out hundreds of thousands of Pennsylvania votes without any direct evidence of fraud. Giuliani testified about his hurried drive 
to Pennsylvania on November 4th in a car with former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi to challenge the Pennsylvania election results and to begin spreading discredited claims that the election was stolen. Fox said the panel should disbar Giuliani for his conduct. Quote, I think the harm that was done is unprecedented. The only sanction that's appropriate for this kind of misconduct is disbarment. Fox and Giuliani will now submit written submissions that the committee will consider before issuing a final finding. Giuliani contended that his efforts were extraordinarily rushed because of the narrow timeframes required in litigating election challenges. He described efforts to obtain affidavits and evidence of election fraud. After the presentations concluded, Giuliani launched into an extended and furious defense of his conduct, even as his lawyer tried to stop him from speaking. So looks like he could be disbarred, might take a couple of months. Andrew Torres and I cover that in depth on the bonus cleanup on file 45 episode that comes out this weekend. Also from Adam Klasfeld at Law and Crime, three members of the Wolverine Watchmen have been sentenced to lengthy prison terms after being convicted of plotting to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a politician turned into a lightning rod for rage from the political right in Michigan. The trio, the three guys, Morrison, Beller, and Musico, counted themselves among scores of people arrested and prosecuted shortly before the 2020 election for plotting to kidnap the governor. According to the Associated Press, their sentences represent the longest so far in the conspiracy, with 12 years for Musico, 10 years for Morrison, and seven years for Ballard. Their cases and those of their peers attracted nationwide controversy following reports that the FBI knew about the plot from its inception, with deep involvement from informants. In related federal court cases, multiple defendants raised entrapment defenses, some of which succeeded. A federal jury voted to acquit two of the men, Daniel Harris and Brandon Caserta, and deadlocked on another pair, Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr., who were convicted on retrial, by the way. Another man, Ty Garbin, received more than six years in prison after pleading guilty. Former President Donald Trump, who repeatedly vilified Whitmer before and after the 2020 election, called the case fake. Trump stoked right-wing rage over the coronavirus lockdowns with a tweet that blared in all caps, Liberate Michigan. And Whitmer accused the then-president of giving comfort to those who spread fear and hatred and division. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel cited the heavy sentences to make the point that the plots were dangerously real. Quote, we see through a course of this case just how incredibly close we came to massacre of epic proportions in our capital in Lansing. After the men were convicted, Dana Nessel took the opportunity to defend what had become known as preventative policing, involving the use of government informants deeply involved in the planning of plots to stop attacks before they happen. Quote, instead of only reacting to known threats, it's imperative that law enforcement be proactive in order to save lives. She went on to say, this office will not sit idly by and watch while armed terrorists plan acts of civil unrest with the intent of causing mayhem and murder. These are not merely acts of harmless chatter and wishful thinking. These are criminal conspiracies to conduct dangerous acts, and it's incumbent upon law enforcement to treat the activity as such. On Thursday, Nessel added that the sentencing shows that domestic terrorism will be taken with the utmost seriousness and gravity by the criminal justice system. During trial, an FBI agent testified that the men trained in a so-called kill house, and Nessel suggested that the plot could have culminated in an assassination. Quote, it's not just about this effort to kidnap the governor. I think we all know what would have come next if that were to have occurred. We're talking about individuals who wanted to kill law enforcement and other officials as well. So 12, 10, and 7 years. 
and the House voted on Thursday to allow Puerto Ricans to decide their political future of the territory. The first time the chamber is committed to backing a binding process that could pave the way for Puerto Rico to become the nation's 51st state or an independent country. The measure, which has the support of the White House, really doesn't have chance of becoming law in the short term. It is all but certain to fall short of the 60 votes needed to break a filibuster in the Senate. I don't think Republicans are going to vote for another two senators. There's just no way. There's little time left under this Congress before the GOP takes control of the House in January. But the bill passed by a bipartisan vote, 233 to 191. It was a symbolic statement by the House that Puerto Rico's status as a colonial territory was both untenable and unwanted by most of its voters. And from Ronald Hansen at AZ Central, the United States Justice Department, Merrick Garland, has sued Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona over shipping containers used as a makeshift wall at the border, which the government contends is illegal, dangerous, and interferes with federal duties. The government is asking for a judge to order for the removal of the containers from U.S. land along the border and damages for the state's unlawful trespass, including any costs and expenses incurred by the United States government. In addition, the lawsuit asks for, quote, a declaration that Arizona's use and occupancy of lands owned by the federal government without the required permits or authorization constitutes unlawful trespasses. The lawsuit was filed in the U.S. District Court for Arizona on Wednesday. In a response to the federal authorities earlier in the day, Ducey's lawyer noted that what they view as inaccurate claims but struck a less defiant tone on an issue they view as demanding long overdue federal action. The action is the latest move in what has been a high-profile standoff between Ducey and the federal government over conditions along the nation's southern border. Ducey sued the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation in late October, asking a judge to allow the state to continue placing shipping containers at the border near Yuma after officials with the federal agency sought to halt construction days earlier. The governor maintains Arizona has the legal authority to put the containers in gaps where the federal government, though having plans to build a barrier, has not yet done so. Quote, the state's actions have substantially curtailed federal law enforcement personnel from freely accessing the border area, and Arizona's placement of armed guards on federal land risks putting federal law enforcement officials in danger. That is from the Justice Department's Office of Legislative Affairs in an email obtained by the Arizona Republic. Quote, Arizona's actions have also stymied federal efforts to complete construction of border infrastructure projects in certain locations. A lawsuit was filed on behalf of the U.S. Departments of Agriculture and Interior. Ducey's administration had previously said it had no plans to remove the containers until a permanent solution is in place. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials have said construction is to begin in January on the gaps near Yuma using temporary mesh fencing and vehicle gates. This year, Arizona has sent more than 2,000 migrants to Washington, D.C. on dozens of bus trips under a program initiated by Ducey and underwritten by state taxpayers. The trips cost about $82,000 each, according to the state's contract, resulting in a bill to the state that topped $5 million as of October. And from Brad Reed at Raw Story, <laughs> former President Trump this week teased a major announcement that turned out to be a set of digital trading cards that depict him as a variety of American male icons. If the former president believed that this move would sit well with his base, however, he appears to have been mistaken. Reaction to the major announcement from many longtime MAGA Twitter users ranged from mild disappointment to outright anger that he got them hyped up for major news, only instead to sell them $99 NFTs. 
Quote, as much as I love President Trump, this was really a letdown. That was longtime MAGA fan Laverne Spicer. Jeff Charles wrote, this, this, this was the major announcement he was supposed to give? Why, though? And then uh, the Hodgett twins. Man, when all patriots are looking for is hope for the future of our country and Trump hypes everybody up with a big announcement, then drops a low-quality NFT collection video as the announcement, it just pushes people away. Damn. Hodgett twins are a conservative comedy duo. Comedy's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. Notorious white nationalist troll Baked Alaska, who was once so devoted to Trump, he rioted on his behalf at the Capitol, wrote that he was shifting his allegiance to Hitler-praising rapper Kanye West instead. Quote, wait, hold up. The major announcement we were all waiting for is literally Trump trading cards? Meanwhile, Ye is preaching the Bible and defending J6 victims. This is why Trump can't win in 24. He also tweeted, quote, I can't believe I'm going to jail for an NFT salesman. Baked Alaska, you're going to jail because you attacked the Capitol. Now, here's my two cents. This is conjecture. I think Trump is broke. He is begging for money by selling everything from leftover wine glasses that he probably found when searching the, you know, documents units at Mar-a-Lago to these idiotic NFT trading cards. He couldn't afford to file an appeal of the 11th Circuit's decision in the Eileen Cannon case to the Supreme Court. So that begs the question, who's paying for his frivolous lawsuits? Like the one he just filed against the Pulitzer Board for defamation in the Russia probe? If that lawyer is working for free, would that be an illegal in-kind campaign donation? I hope someone's looking into that. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, let's talk about something I use every day first thing in the morning. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted an optimized immune system. I wanted a healthy gut, and I didn't want to have to buy a million different supplements and superfoods and everything to put it, take up space in my cabinet. It was costing me a fortune. So Athletic Greens was the answer. AG1, with just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods. You get your probiotics for gut health and adaptogens to help you start your day. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, which is awesome. It's got no GMOs, no chemicals, no nasty artificial anything. It tastes amazing. It's the easiest habit to pick up just one delicious scoop and a cup of water every morning. And I even take it with me when I travel. It's that good. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply of one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Your subscription will come with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your morning latte. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every morning. That's it. Uh, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. You get that cabinet space back and you get to save a little money. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you that free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Everyone, then good news. 
Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, pod pet pics, if you want to send us your photos of, of your animals in, in costumes, I love that. Santa letters, cute Santa letters for the holidays. We would love to hear those. Will be stories, a shout out to someone you love, a shout out to a local business, maybe adoptable pets in your area, anything you want to send us at all. You can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. A reminder to patrons and supercasters that the show Jack is in your feed if you're subscribed at the Justice Enforcers level or higher. Simply raising your lower level up to more money doesn't do it. You actually have to subscribe at the Justice Enforcers level. It's $5 a month. Check your tier if you're not seeing Jack in your feed, but I think you should be. Anyway, I just want to let you know in case you're running across any problems with that. All right, first up from Amy, pronoun she and her. Hi, here's a picture of my sons from when they were four and seven. They're wearing their Halloween costume from that year, which I would sew for them each year. This year, obviously being Santa Claus and a Christmas tree, I loved doing that. The good news is they're growing into fine young adults, now 25 and 22 years old, and both college juniors. Thank you for the opportunity to share how proud I am of them. Look at babies. The Christmas tree outfit is so great, and that is a really good Santa outfit too, Amy. Well done. Thank you so much. Next up from Debbie, pronoun she and her. Hello, I love the podcast. I just wanted to show you the sweater I just finished knitting for my handsome son-in-law. I'm currently working on socks for my son, daughter-in-law, and two teenage grandsons. I recently retired from 38 years of teaching math at two-year colleges, six in all. And now I have so much more time to knit and listen to all of Allison's podcasts. Keep telling it like it is so those of us stuck in red states, I'm in South Carolina, can know that we're not alone. Debbie, thanks. Oh, wow. That is like super professional level. I am very impressed. Debbie, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I love your hardwood floors, too. Those are nice. Next up from Sarah, pronoun she and her. Hi, I am a new listener. Having only subscribed a few months ago around the time of the Mar-a-Lago search, I was so giddy with the beginning of Trump's downfall that I was desperately subscribing to any podcast that would whisper the sweet nothings of Trump's demise in my ear. Now that I found the Daily Beans, you two have become a welcome addition to my morning routine. Thank you for all you do and the way that you deliver information to your listeners. Okay, I'm done gushing. Here's my good news story. My dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in August of 2016, just a few weeks before my wedding. Our local cancer treatment center in Buffalo, New York, gave him less than six months to live after the treatment plan wasn't showing any results. This was devastating to our family. Not only is my dad an absolute rock in our family, but he's also the head of our family business. Losing him would have been doubly devastating, as at the time, my sister and I were just not ready to take over. We were terrified of losing our dad and also of losing our livelihoods. My mom, however, was not taking his doctor's diagnosis lying down. She went to bat for my dad, contacted all the top treatment centers in the country, and researched every clinical trial. After extensive research on my mom's end, they ended up traveling from Buffalo to the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. They put him on a treatment plan that showed results remarkably quick, and now his remaining tumors are so small, they barely register on his scans. He continues to travel to Chicago four times a year to check in with his doctors, but not only is he still here with us today, as we're entering 2023, he's thriving. That's seven years. They gave him six months. He has rebuilt three classic cars since his diagnosis. He is now semi-retired, quote-unquote, and takes his summers off, but works full-time the rest of the year at our business. He's active and healthy and is the most amazing grandpa to my 10-year-old son and my 4-year-old niece. 
I've attached a picture of my dad and my son with the 1981 Ford F-350 my dad just bought this truck to rebuild together with a project with my son, who's now almost 10, for his first truck when he turned 16. I've also thrown in a picture of my pup, my pups, plural, Huck and Huey. Huck is an old English bulldog, a modern English bulldog bred away from the skin breathing issues. And Huey is a six-breed mix of 100% good boy. Huey's embark results are also included for What the Mutt. Thank you for all you do. I love you both. I'm so happy I found the pod. And remember, we must advocate for ourselves and our loved ones in the healthcare system. My dad is only here because my mom fought for him. All right, let's see here. There's the two doggies. There's that Ford F-350 in the sun. All right, so let me guess here now. Let's see which is which. Huck is the old English bulldog. So that's probably the one on the right. And then on the left, that looks like Chance from Home Alone. Um, or not Home Alone, Homeward Bound, excuse me, <laughs> Home Alone. Uh, so American Bulldog, there's six breeds here. Pity, I'm going to say American Bulldog, Pity, Shepherd, Chow Chow, because, I mean, it's kind of a gimme. Um, bo- oh. Maybe a Great Dane. Wish I knew how much this dog weighed. Let's see. Let's see what the results are here. Pitbull, Chow Chow, Springer Spaniel, Cane Corso, German Shepherd, and Rottweiler. I got three. That's pretty good. That's 50%. I usually don't even hit the 25% mark. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your story. That's truly incredible. Advocating for our health is so, so important. Sarah. So I appreciate you pointing that out and bringing that up and sharing your story. Uh, Next up from Claire from North Dakota, she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. I just want to send a big thank you and wish happy for holidays. Living in a deeply red state is hard. You ladies help by keeping things focused on what's not covered very well by our local news outlets. For pet tax, I'm sharing my grand fur baby. Rhyme became my first grand girl when my daughter, the one who got me listening to you, opening arguments and clean up on all 45, met and married the best son-in-law ever. We're having a bit of snow event here on the Northern Plains, but Rhyme thinks it's a perfect time for playing fetch with the duck I gave her. She's a border collie. She's very smart. My daughter calls her an eight-year-old girl in a dog suit. (laughs) Keep up the great work. I love it all and especially enjoy the new podcast, Jack. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She went diving for that duck in the snow, I can tell. How adorable. Claire, thank you. It's got to be so cold in North Dakota. Uh, Next up from Emily in Cincinnati. Pronouns she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. A friend introduced me to the Beans over the summer, and I've been a faithful morning listener ever since, singing Daily Beans, Daily Beans as my car barrels down the driveway heading to work. Thank you for keeping us all sane and informed in these crazy times. I had to write after hearing another listener share about their axolotl. Dana got it right in the end. Axolotl. I am an avid aquarium hobbyist. Related Instagram page shared below. And I adopted my Axie girl Skittles for my birthday about a month ago. After months of research, she's only seven months old. I can't wait to keep watching her grow. I have attached her and my two elderly fruit cats, Mango and Kiwi, as pet techs. The kitties will be 14 in March. And my mom fostered them five weeks before I graduated from undergrad. And I scooped them up. I am a sucker for oranges. Oh, look at these babies. Hi, pretty babies. Oh, yes. Now I have to look at the names again. Mango and Kiwi. 
is the ginger a man? Because that's a man cat face. That's a boy cat face. So adorable. I love the little tail wrapped around the feet. And there's the axolotl. They're just so cool looking with their little feather showgirl things that they have coming out of their head. I absolutely love them. Thank you for sending that in. And uh, thank you, everyone, for sending in your photos. I look forward to seeing what you have in store for us on uh, on Monday morning. Dana will be back. Thank you for, for putting up with me uh, solo here for the last two days. I really appreciate it. And thanks to our patrons, too. You make the show possible. I can't thank you enough for that. Seriously, it's 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 been just your absolute lifesaver. So thank you so much. And uh, if you want to gift somebody a one-year subscription, you can do that at Supercast if you want to gift it to someone specific. Or if you want to donate to an anonymous person who maybe can't swing it uh, this holiday season, you can do that on uh, dailybeanspod.com. You'll see a big icon that says patrons helping patrons. So thank you so much for all that. I really appreciate every single one of you. We'll be back Monday. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.